1: and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. We're talking about food. Okay. We all all conversations lead to food, but this particular one is going to start with it. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of your goal guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And every Monday I bring together three friends to dive into the topic of the week. And then it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast, which is on the Marketing Podcast Network. So whether you're watching live, the replay, or listening to us, we are glad you're here. And just a brief warning this episode is probably going to make you hungry. I say that with uh, my Taste Buzz with Deb podcast as well. So you have been warned. So today we're talking about cooking and because cooking goes with everything. And I managed to find three friends who (laughs) wholeheartedly agree with me. So today we have Chela Diaz. Stacia Crawford and Norma Zager and they're all going to give their take which is a little bit different on the cooking and spectrum so I would love for you all to take a minute to introduce yourself and we will go from there. Stacia good to see you.
2: (gasps) I'm so excited. It's good to see you too. This is going to be such a great episode. I've been waiting for this. I am Stacia Crawford. I'm the CEO and founder of Stay Ready Media. I'm a television news producer and a PR and media strategist. So what I do is I help brilliant authors, entrepreneurs, experts, industry leaders, anyone with an incredible message to share, get booked on television, radio, and magazines so that they can share their message with the world, and get out into the spotlight and make more money, have more impact. And I love what I do. And I'm so excited for tonight.
1: Well, and I love that you said brilliant, because of course, those who are the most passionate about what they do, it really shines. And those are the people that you love to work with. So
2: absolutely
1: amazing. Well, great to see you, Angela. Who are you? Why are you here? (laughs) go.
3: I'm here so I can make you guys hungry. Uh, Have you ever been to a a movie that's about food? And next thing you know, you have to go out and buy the food, get the food. So this is going to be something like that. So get your snacks, be ready. Um, I am here because I am on a mission to empower more women, charge their value. I believe that as women, no offense to the men out there, so please don't send me nasty messages, but as women, we tend to undervalue and undercharge, and then it takes us forever to increase our fees. So I am on a mission to guide women entrepreneurs to increase their price and create the life they decide.
1: Because isn't that what life is all about, is to be enjoyed? Amen, I think. <laughs> I know. I, well, goal setting simplified. I really do speak in understatements, but that, but that's really what it's all about. And when you value yourself, others will value you. And I can't wait to dive into how this connects to cooking and food. But first, Norma Zager, welcome. Good to see you.
0: Good to see you. I'm so happy to be here with these, these wonderful ladies who just have have it all going on. It's just great. It's so great to see women doing things and 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 accomplishing things and living up to their potential. I always enjoy watching that and 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 seeing them. Uh, and it, I'm just thrilled to be here today for that reason. So, and who are you? Who am I? Well, <laughs> I mean, I know. She, who am I? Let me see. Well, it could take years on a psychiatrist's couch to determine that. And you just give me, I'll give me 30 seconds, Norma, of who you are. I, I'm a, Well, I am a writer. I'm an author. I'm a journalist. And I am a judge on uh, Baking It on NBC with Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph. I'm one of the granny judges. We judge the food. And... Um, it's to, Actually, it's going to be re, uh, NBC is going to be showing all the episodes this summer, starting in July on NBC. So, if you want to catch it, or you haven't, didn't have a chance to catch it, catch baking it. It's a, it's really a lovely show. It's you know great vibes. It's not. It's so. It's so not competitive for a competition show. It's <laughs> like everybody is there for each other. It's terrific to watch. It's it's nice it's a friendly show so i recommend it to people who like need some friendly in their life that's all i
1: have And really who couldn't use more friendly in their life right because we want well that's why i do the show it's to bring people together to share their expertise and also their passion for what they do in order to help others get motivated and inspired to make awesome happen mm-hmm. so Let's dive in. Why cooking? Why baking? What is it about it? that? Well, let's back up before we move forwards. What is your big cooking analogy? And how do you use that for what you do? Uh, Stacia, let's start with you.
2: So my big cooking analogy is that, yeah, cooking goes with everything. But I think of PR because what I do is I'm basically, you know, I'm I'm getting people out in front of the media. And you think of PR like cooking because you're putting together a PR strategy, just like a great chef puts together an incredible meal and all of the ingredients have to be right. You've got to put them in there, you know, in the right order. You've got to really get it to sizzle and then just enjoying. It's always that first bite. That's the most explosive and incredible. And that's Mm -hmm. the same way with PR. And then at the end, You leave feeling satisfied. You, you know, you're being transported sometimes to a place in your past or, you know, a certain flavor will give you a a particular memory. And then at the end, you have to think about that great meal. You can't just eat once, right? We're thinking about sustenance, it's nourishment. So you've got to go back for another meal. And the same thing is with PR. You can't just show up one time. You have to create that incredible, get that recipe for that incredible PR strategy. And then you have to continue to keep cooking and keep showing up and keep doing it again.
1: And tweaking the recipe so it works even better for you each time.
2: Absolutely. And that's exactly right. Because I'm a foodie and I love to eat and I love to cook as much as I love to eat. And one of the things that, you know, sometimes I will cook a great meal and by the time it's time to eat, I'm not even hungry anymore because I've been tasting throughout (laughs) You know, you can't have a great meal and not taste it as you go. And the same thing works with the PR campaign. You've got to be willing to, you know, put little things in, add your own unique flavor to it because everybody's PR strategy is not going to look like somebody else's. You do have to have your own unique flair. And then you you try it, you see what works and then, you know, be willing to tweak it, be willing to change it. So,
1: yeah, so I equate cooking with PR. It's, it's the way that that you put it and i'm sure i'm going to say this a lot today <laughs> sorry not sorry but really it is put getting that first bite to really wow and that satisfaction through the end so it's the thread of the meal itself absolutely yeah it, it is i mean and, and throughout that
2: entire process i'm not uh, i'm myself i'm not a recipe cooker i'm as much as I love food, I love going to a restaurant and tasting something that just sets my mind on fire and then going home and trying to recreate it without a list of ingredients, without any type of recipe. Sometimes I come really close. Um, Same thing can be done with PR. You know, it's just a matter of you, you know, trying to put those right ingredients together in the right order. You've got to have the right amount, right? Like whether you're Uh, developing a a plan for, say, if you want to have TV appearances, or maybe you want to do some social media, all of that, you've got to have the right amount of each. You know, maybe it's an event that you want to use to help get your visibility. You can't just put all your, pardon the pun, eggs in one basket. (laughs) (laughs) You can't put all your eggs in that basket or put too much energy towards that event if you don't have That other ingredient, meaning how are you going to get people to that event? So it all has to work together, just like all those incredible, fresh, rich ingredients that go into a recipe.
1: I love that. And now I just can't wait to hear what Chella has to say about finance and food. (laughs) So go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So first, I have to
3: say everything that uh, you just said. I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Where I come in is that we can have all the right ingredients. We already have the experience. We have our expertise. We have the certifications. All of these are ingredients. Now it's just a matter of packaging it and putting it out, right? Mm -hmm. And in order for us to do that, it's like, what's the flour? What's the sugar? I do the baking part. I do cooking, but baking is my... My thing, because a lot of people get intimidated because they feel that baking is an exact science. You have to measure. You, ha- you don't. You truly don't. Right? It's about the feel of the dough that you're going for. It's Ooh. about the feel of the market. It's about testing what you have. Because once you know, and I'll say this in the simplest way, I taught my six-year-old and my nine-year-old niece to bake. To this day, and that was 10 years ago, to this day, they're phenomenal bakers because it's not about the recipe. It's about they're going for a certain, how does the dough feel? Because during the, when it's hot, it could be different. When it's cold, it could be different. So, I mean, measurements are okay. But again, ladies, when you go out there and you want to empower others with your program, with your service, is you have everything Now we just got to package it together, put in the right ingredients. And the first thing we're going to go is we're going to go test the market. Similar to what you said, right? Is that first bite. What are we going to go out into the world with? And let me tell you, the magic is we're shooting to get 10 no's. That's it. We're shooting to get 10 no's, right? Because something is going to happen during those 10 no's. So you have your product. You just increase your fees. So we're going to go into the market. We're going for 10 no's. You cannot come back until you get 10 no's. Right now, my record is one of my clients enrolled two clients while she was out searching for her 10 no's. But she still had to go out and get her 10 no's even after that, right? So as you have the right ingredients, is packing it together and knowing that not everybody is going to like your service or your product. just like baking. Some people prefer chocolate. Some people prefer vanilla. Flourless chocolate cake for me, please. Right? And that would be mine. However, so it's about not taking it personal. We have a product. We have a service. We're looking for the right person that's ready. It's ready for your product or service and can afford to pay. It's very important that we put those two ingredients together. Because if you had somebody that's ready, but they don't have the money, that's not for you. So ready and they can afford to pay for your service. So that's for me is that if you think about it, right, get all your ingredients, which you already have. It's just a matter of packaging it and then going out and testing the market.
1: So I love that you're a financial person and you use the word dough repeatedly in this description. (laughs) Very apt. Amazing. And so- you're, the recipe is what you and your business has to offer. And then you are you're sculpting it into something that you like, that you're proud of, that you take out into the world.
3: Cool. You can never it's never, ever personal. Never, ever, ever personal. Think of it as just the timing is just not right. If somebody says no to you it's never personal because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know their side of the story. If If they don't like your
1: food, that's on them. Yes, exactly. I cannot wait for all of us to get together and cook. (laughs) (laughs) So Norma, you've been doing baking and comedy for, I'm not going to say years, because that's like
0: ever though. I'm not ashamed.
1: Because I remember when I interviewed before, you said you were like one of the first people to put those two together. So what is it? why does baking and comedy
0: go so well together? Well, basically to me, to me, food is love. Okay. Food is love showing and, but it's also art. Food is art. But Mm -hmm. the great part about food is that separates it from other art forms and creative endeavors is that instead of You could do a painting and it's fabulous and people will come and admire it and say, oh, that's lovely. But instead of hanging it on a wall, you put it on a plate and you get to see people absolutely so excited and enjoying every bite. That is, you know, to an artist, that is a very special thing because, I mean, as a writer and I write mostly comedy, obviously, but getting people to laugh at what you write, that's great absolutely great because you're bringing joy, you know, laughter, joy, and I see and I feel the same way with food. They they're a natural fit together. Comedy, cooking, food, <laughs> laughter. That is I mean, they're like the cornerstones of what uh, what is a great evening you know, or great time together. So I think that, you know, I, I, I've always loved cooking for my family. I've always loved doing stand-up comedy. In fact, I'm thinking about Don't Laugh Girls at my age. I'm actually thinking about going back up there and trying it again. I think, of course, those, those kids will look at me like, excuse me, what is this old broad doing here? Shouldn't she be in a nursing home somewhere, you know? (laughs) Uh, But I don't, you know, forget what my kids say or think. The bottom line is this. I basically love bringing people pleasure and bringing people joy. And comedy, obviously, and cooking are two things that really accomplish those ends. Unless, of course, you're a lousy cook. And then, (laughs) We won't even go into that. That's just unfortunate all around. But but if you make things that people love, you make their favorite foods. And you know what else is nice about cooking for your family or for your friends? You're carrying on recipes that came down from your family. Some of the things I make my grandma made. Some of the things I make my mother made. Hopefully my daughter will and if i and god willing in the future a daughter-in-law they will continue to cook those things so that these family recipes their the love is being handed down generation to generation and that is something you just can't put a price on you re, you just can't it's it's just a wonderful feeling to know
1: food is warm and fuzzy in the inside i mean I was going to say in the inside and on the inside because it does have that memory component, that love component. Do you have like a favorite food
0: memory that you want to share since uh, you brought it up? Well, since most of my life was spent with a fork and a plate, I would say I have a lot of memories. There's no danger with that. But what is my favorite memory? I don't know. I really, I think my favorite memory is when I would try a new recipe. Like I, I have a recipe I used to make for my kids. It was called, Chicken magenta. And it was basically chicken with a little cream sauce and a little bit of um, uh, Swiss cheese melted on top. You know, you make like a sauce. And it. I'll tell you, they always enjoyed that. And I got such satisfaction out of knowing I was making one of their favorite dishes. So chicken magenta, I'll always, you know, say to my daughter, do you want me to make that for you? Or to my, my son loves steak Sicilian. And I'll always say, do you want me to make you steak Sicilian? You no, know, I love. And my nephew... Love, you know, that dessert you make, this is not any big deal, but you know, that dirt cake you make. And they has the, it looks you can crush up the Oreo cookies on the top. Well, my niece and nephew absolutely loved that. And I used to put gummy worms in it throughout. And they used to fight over the gummy worms. So I used to have to use a whole package of gummy worms so the kids could have enough. To this day, my niece and nephew, my kids, they talk about that dessert, that that was one of their favorite things. And you know what? I just get such a good feeling knowing that they have that memory of me when I'm gone. They'll remember, oh, God, my aunt used to make this wonderful dessert that we used to love. So, you know, you're creating memories. And to me, that's a wonderful legacy to leave, part of a great legacy, to leave to your family and the people you love.
1: I love that your memory is one that you passed on. That's awesome. And it also sparked, and and I believe, I hope I'm remembering it right, my mom once made one of those dirt cakes with the gummy worms back when we lived in Chicago, and I believe one of our adult guests freaked out. <laughs> You're kidding.
0: They thought the gummy was real? They thought that the worm was real? I, I, I do not
1: think so. I just believe that they were surprised.
0: It's delicious. I, I mean, what could be bad about Oreo cookies and pudding? Nothing. And, 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 gummy, and gummy worms. I mean, there's nothing bad. that you could that you put in this this is all good stuff you know Uh, yes all right I'm not gonna do the whole nutrition thing here we're not (laughs) gonna do that it's not about being nutritious and healthy it's about being happy and if food makes you happy and if you can provide that happiness for other people I say it's a no-brainer myself Mm -hmm. that's how I feel I am
1: so with you on that one, Chella. Do you have a food memory that springs to mind? I do, and it's, it's kid related as well. Um, my kids were the three years
3: apart, five and eight, and on Thursdays they used to take turns preparing dinner. So going back to money, see, this, I've been doing this money thing for a very long time. So, but it's not just money; it was time. So they had to prepare. So let's say they were going to make lasagna right you can't just say i want to make a lasagna let's go right we have to prepare we have to get the ingredients so there's a the time right and we can't just whip it up right we have to do the whole and so it was a time management it also they got to learn very early on how much does it take to put a meal on the table mm. right it's just the, and i still do that when i go out right it may be sound very simple but also If you have kids that are are really picky eaters, this is the best recipe because when they do something for themselves, they appreciate the meal, but also they have a a bigger appreciation for when others cook as well. Mm -hmm. So just getting them to go to the grocery store, right? We used to go on weekends. I, at the time I was in corporate, so. On weekends, we used to go they had the little checklist and I used to give them money. So it was an actual experience, right? They put the groceries and then they had to pay for the groceries as well. So the whole experience, but what they learned now as adults, right? They're really great cooks. Now they may not choose to always cook, Right. right? But they're really good and they know. They know what it takes to get a meal on the table. They know how to meal prep. Right. So to me, those life skills that they learned, I mean, and of course, we had a great time. And of course, the idea was that if they prepare, we had to eat whatever it was. they. So mm-hmm. when they were younger, you know, obviously the stove was not out of the question. So salads were a big at the beginning. Right. But it was the pride that they had in preparing a meal for the family.
1: Uh, I love that so much. I was a big grocery store goer from the age of like four or five. Um, When I was a kid, I would, I would bike up to the grocery, do the shopping and then call my mom to come get the groceries and bring them home. That was, that was my thing. But um, I never loved to cook until about six years ago. That's a whole nother digression, but that connection to the grocery and and looking for and preparing is part of the process. I don't know what took me so long to like the other part, but I love that that you instilled so early those life skills. Because that's what that's what cooking is, is life skills and it's joy and it's love and it's something else Stacia is going to say. So Stacia, what is that food memory that comes to mind for you?
2: Well, it's funny because you know when Chella was talking about that teaching her kids to cook, and I think I think the food is so essential. You know, not just for sustenance, but just for creating community. And you know, I have three children, and food was always a big part of everything that we did. We always made sure every night there was a warm cooked meal on the on the table, and making them a part of it. Because my middle son, he's a very picky eater, just like Chella said, and so we had to get to the point where you know, I had to make sure he was very in it because when the food, when he helped prepare it, he was more likely to eat it. But one of the things that we would do, a lot of families would have game night and we usually would have game night like once a week and a couple of times a month, we would actually play chopped. I don't know if you're familiar with the show on TV where you get these random ingredients and you have to make a meal and we would play chopped. And it was like, sometimes I got you know, stuck eating some really (laughs) things that the kids would put together. But oftentimes they would just be so creative and put together things that I never would have thought, you know, kids like eight, 10, 11 years old could be so creative in the kitchen. And to this day, they're all really great cooks. I mean, my, my middle son is now 20 and I'll tell you, he makes a steak that will rival any steak I've ever had at a top steakhouse. He's, he's an incredible cook. Um, But, yeah, just being able to make food fun. And, you know, a lot of times I would even have to make up names for foods because, you know, if they didn't like the name of something, they wouldn't eat it. Like my middle son, he wouldn't eat meatloaf for the longest time because he didn't like the name of it. It's like meatloaf. Who eats meatloaf? And so I used to call it turkey casserole and that he would eat. And we and this went on for years. And then finally, one day he had eaten dinner and he said, Mom, can I have a second helping of the turkey casserole? And my oldest son, I think he might have been like 10 at the time. He's at the table. He just goes, that's it. I've had it. You idiot. It's not turkey casserole. You've been eating meatloaf all these years. You've been eating meatloaf. <laughs> But it's just, you know, having that, you know, being creative in whether it's the way the food looks or sometimes using some uncommon ingredients. Food, you get to experiment and you get to try new things. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing.
1: Yes. (laughs) What else? To experiment, to have fun with it. Yeah. And it's great. Sometimes you just need to call the food something else to get kids to eat it.
0: Exactly. Don't you think of... don't you think also, Stacy? I think that my son loves, my son is a good cook. He doesn't cook. He doesn't cook. But when he does, he's good. And I think it's only because he used to pull the chair up to the counter, you know, when he was little. He would pull the chair up to the counter and he would stand on it when I was cooking and help me bake cookies or do whatever. I think the greatest thing you could do for your kids is show your own passion Absolutely. for cooking. Yes. By example. You know, we try to, teaching our kids is one thing, telling them things, do this, do this, but showing is a whole other world and seeing the joy they get from you cooking and serving them, yeah, it will completely sink in and they will retain that joy when they are showing love or they, you know, when they get married or when they have their children, yeah. they will have absorbed that passion that you had. And it'll become part of who they are. So they can't, probably it's like, it's almost like by osmosis, they become good cooks too. So, you know, although we all like to think we're teaching our kids things, sometimes the best, the best way to teach them is just to learn by example, you know, teach by example.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely.
1: One of my favorite things to say, which I probably say on every single episode, but it's appropriate, is when you love what you do, it shows. When you don't love what you do, it really shows. So why not be loving what you do and sharing that joy? Yes. Absolutely. So so really, really good point of that. What did you say to those people who are non-cooks that are missing out? Because like I said, as a reformed non-cook, I know of what I speak. And it's mind blowing when you when you learn to embrace cooking and how much it does for your life. So what do you think, Chella? What do you say to people who don't get it? I would
3: say, you know, not this is not therapy here, but I would und- I would go back and dig as to why. Do they have maybe some negative things around why that is right. And I listen, I know a lot of women that don't cook and I know a lot of men that do. So it's not a male, female thing to me. However, you know, was there an incident that left you a bad taste in your mouth about cooking? (laughs) Can't help myself. (laughs) Right. Because if there was, then let's just talk about what that is. One and two, How long are you going to allow this one incident to prevent you from enjoying cooking, baking, whatever that is, right? It's, it's, you know, it's taking you, it's taking so much away from it. Now, we don't all have to be great cooks, you know, it's okay if they're not, but there's so much joy in putting, getting some ingredients and preparing that meal. Mm -hmm. my kids were a little bit spoiled so they didn't eat leftovers right so whatever they didn't eat i would take to the office and i had certain people that i would give their food to it it got so popular i mean i had a lineup of people that wanted the food one and it got so popular that i started teaching cooking classes Mm -hmm. because to me it was just so second nature but what i found out and i will go back to deborah is that when you show somebody that it's not that difficult, it's not complicated, it's all about how we approach it, right? And it made a world of difference.
1: Absolutely. And for me, it was, I didn't have to cook because my roommate loves to cook, never had to bother. And then I got an Instant Pot and learned that cooking was easy. And for me, it was, it was life altering. And now- look at me. I'm a food writer. I host a food podcast and I do a workshop on cooking for productivity because it is easy, but if you think it isn't, it won't be. I know I said a lot of, I strung a lot of thoughts together. What do you think, Stacia? What do you say to those non-cooking type people? To enlighten
2: them. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with Chella. Kind of, you know, examine why you don't like it. But then at the same time, I say everything is not for everybody. Everybody doesn't may not, you know, somebody might like hockey, somebody else might like roller skating, somebody might like, you know, archery. Mm-hmm. Everything is not for everybody. But if cooking is not your thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be your thing. Just try it out. Start simple. You know, if if you like to eat. Experiment with those things, those flavors and those tastes that you enjoy. So it doesn't mean you have to become a gourmet cook, but incorporate it into your life in some way because, I mean, it's just, it's so important.
1: The other day, this woman said to me, she just got a gift, which was a towel that said oven is for display purposes only. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, uh uh-huh, used to be me. Um, but you're right. Not everybody is going to love it and it's but, okay, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't try it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I also think, yeah, I also I, think, oh, oh, I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead. No, I, I will say you, you don't have to use the oven. I, my <laughs> Full transparency. My oven has literally not worked in three years, but you know what? I have a, This is not a commercial. I have a ninja foodie, which I have cooked everything in that thing, from whole chickens to macaroni and cheese to sweet potato pies. So you don't have to use the oven, but use something. There's so many tools and utensils that make cooking easy and fun. Find the one that works for you.
0: I I agree. And I also think, though, I, I am very sensitive to the fact that a lot of families now, both parents work. Okay, so it's you know, I mean, a lot of people come home from a busy day, the office, which could be maybe an eight to 10 hour day, you know, even more. And they come home and the last thing they want to do is go in the kitchen and start preparing a meal and cooking and then cleaning up because let's face it, part of cooking. The other half is cleaning up. Let's not, you know. So I understand. But I think what a lot of families are doing, and I think it's wonderful, and I think more should attempt this, is on the weekends. When everybody is home, on the weekends, a lot of families get together and they all participate in preparing a meal, whether it's on a Saturday or a Sunday or they're watching a ball game or they're watching a movie together. They prepare a meal and they do it as a family activity. And I think that that is a wonderful thing for families to adopt because, you know, it works on so many levels. You know, you're doing things as a family. It's bringing the family together. You're learning something new together. You're creating something together. Plus, You know, it's time you're spending together and doing something very worthwhile. So I I really believe that that's a new kind of trend we're going to see more in the future. You know, having people just even if they cook one day a week together or two if they want, it's still going to be a trend because I think it's really people, families enjoy doing that. And more and more are going to catch on to doing that.
3: Norma, I wish we didn't set this up. We ladies, we just met for the first time. We know uh, the one thing common is we have Deborah, we know her, but what, what if on those days when they're prepping and this is, I can't help myself with the saving tips, but what on that day, they prepare double the recipe and they
0: freeze some of it. Absolutely, freezer is a wonderful tool the freezer is wonderful i mean you know even like i am one person i live alone so i i will make things like one of my favorite things is spinach pie i love spinach Mm -hmm. pie there's a little bit of greek in me and i love that spinach pie and i will make a big spinach pie and what i will do is i will i will cut it into nice size squares and I will individually wrap them or put them in things and put them in the freezer. And then when I want a quick lunch or a quick dinner, I'll pull that out and I'll have that with some fruit or a salad or whatever. And you know what? It's a wonderful thing to do. And so many families avail themselves of, 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 you know, that type of a process of cooking today. And I think, you know, having using, like you said, you know, Stacia said using the tools, using the air fryer, for example, using the freezer, using, um, you know, making there's the Instapot. There's all kinds, even the instant, you know, the <laughs> high pressure cooker that people okay. used to be afraid would blow the ceiling off of the whole house back in the day. Well, you know, people use those more now. So having all of these wonderful conveniences, I think it really enhances a family or an individual's ability to enjoy food and enjoy cooking and enjoy the whole process without having to constantly be in the kitchen, you know, and that uh, constantly working.
1: Did you see my face light up when you said instant pot? I said that. That was this my gateway. that. We caught that. <laughs> well, that and the air fryer, I think 80% or 90% of all cooking is done in one or the other. And the freezer thing, freezing soup, the whole big batch. I'll make big batch of chicken soup. And then I will take my veggie scraps and make veggie broth. So one Instant Pot, day of cooking, lots of soup. Can't miss that. And we know that Stacia loves her ninja foodie. Do you have a
0: favorite appliance, Norma? Uh, I would have to say that my... Believe it or not, my favorite appliance is still my KitchenAid Mix Master, which is probably about 40 years old. I'm not kidding. It must be over 40 years old today. And I still use it all the time. I mean, I love the air fryer. I'm getting with the new stuff. I'm trying to get in the groove of all these new things. But I have to tell you, when it comes to baking, yeah, that... That KitchenAid, and you have the pasta cutter on the top, attachment, you have the dough hook you can use, and boy, is that a great invention. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if if I had to say everything, I would have to say my KitchenAid Mixmaster, as old as it is. May it live a long, long (laughs) life. Hey,
1: what about you, Chela? Which is
3: your go-to—it's a tiny little mixer. It's 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 a cup, and then you attach the thing to the top, and it makes the best hummus, ladies. Oh, I can live on hummus. I I mean, the hummus is my thing, but also you can make some phenomenal um, salsa in there, and ladies, you can chop your celery, onions, and carrots mm. in less than two minutes. So for Sounds the like chopping really it it's just a tiny little yeah. container and put it oh my goodness. Uh I'm gonna give away those for birthdays, anniversaries, because it's small, but it's so handy and it can save you so much time. Yeah. But I do I do love my hummus and and I uh do that at least once a month and then it just lasts. It doesn't freeze very well, I found out. But um, you know it's it's we all have those little things, but my second one will be the crock pot, though. I gotta tell you, oh, yeah, I, that's it's a great old, thing, thing, too. Yeah, the crock pot because you can do so much with it. You put it in, you leave it, you go, and then next thing you know, it's just a delicious meal. Mm-hmm. So I'm making myself hungry. Just when I'm I said that, you, I was like, <laughs> you were
1: warned, no, we, were we, warned. <laughs> we knew this would happen. Uh, I agree. I love the baby mixers, but like for things like onions, I just need to hand chop it or else it gets too mushy. Oh,
3: I got to really? tell you, we're going to have to do a session. I was so impressed with this little baby and I put a half right in there. Didn't do it. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> when it came out, I was like, Oh, heavenly. It,
1: it wasn't too soggy. Sense.
3: It's just a matter of like the process. So the onions and the celery go first. Then making salsa and then your jalapenos and the uh, tomatoes go next. So you get chunky salsa with this. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is the best thing.
1: I'm still stuck on the fact that you never had leftovers because you kept making things and bringing them into work. I mean, how lucky were your coworkers?
3: Well, yes. And how spoiled were my children um, that they didn't leave leftovers, but <clears throat> you know, it, I remember it's like, How come they're not, at the beginning, they were like, how come they're not eating this? I said, but I did do it. So what I I had on Sunday, I would make two meals. So Norma, this goes back to cooking on weekends. I would make two meals, one for Sunday, one, so that when they got home from school and I wasn't there, that we have a new meal. So I got home Monday night, I would prepare the meal for Tuesday. So I was always one day ahead. So yeah, they just didn't. So whatever we had on Sunday, I would take it to work on Monday and whatever they didn't like on Tuesday, they leftovers, I would take it, right? So there was quite a few days. Now, if they really liked it, there was times where there was no leftovers, two growing boys, right? So, (laughs) but um, for the most part, there was definitely lots of uh, leftovers, Um, especially when I did like really like kind of fancy dishes. That's the other thing about our household. Uh, we wanted to be very international when it came to our food. So you name it. we had you know we had Italian nights. We had sh- we went through the whole thing because I wanted the kids to be able to experience different types of food, yeah,
1: which is another added benefit to cooking is it is exposure to different cultures and history.
3: and we were my kids were very fortunate. the school or in where they grew up we had 27 different languages spoken at home. And this is in LA. People don't know that, right? So when we had potlucks, which I organized a lot of them, um, and we
1: asked- No surprise.
3: To bring a traditional dish, the food they got to taste. Yeah. Right? So we got to taste all kinds of food, and that carried on into the home- because then we just had, you know, the Italian night or whatever it was that we meant to do. I mean, I did tempura, you know, the Japanese night we did tempura. We did the whole thing. So it was just getting them to see food as an entry to learning about others' cultures. Yeah. So it's huge. Food, I to me, food covers such... Right, because it's not is the taste, is the ingredients, is the spices, but also it gives you an insight into their culture as well. So well, we're I'll gonna have good. to do another show and just talk about the culture. Well, and the no,
0: <laughs> I, I agree completely with Chala. I believe that food brings people together. I believe food is a great start for people to start to understand one another and to understand one another's uh, cultures, their lifestyles. And it, it's 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 great, and, and it's it's a very painless way of doing it. I mean, it's like I mean, there's nothing like you know. It's like when uh, we were we were raised. Look at the British, with the, the everything with the British is let's over a cup of tea. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. care what you're doing. It is done over a cup of tea, okay? And then on a good day, of course, it's done with the tea and the good stuff, you know, the the the, the pastries and the sandwiches and everything. So it's like you can't possibly... Have a have a, a an encounter with a Brit, unless you are having tea with that person, and it's such a way to open doors. Is a hundred percent right. It's such a way for people to bond, to gain understanding, to realize how much alike we all are. You know, I I, I think what I was saying last time we talked, I think. That everybody pretty much has the same food, but they call it different stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in Italy, it's pasta; in China, it's noodles; in 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 um, it's ravioli in Italy, and it's you know, and it's potstickers in China, and it's pierogi in Poland, and it's like mm-hmm. all of these all of these different um, dishes. Everybody has their own version. Every culture has their own version. It is fun to see how each culture puts their own stamp on that particular part of food and yeah. it's it, it's just it's a great experience eating with people and and getting all types of ethnic experience i think that's a great part of food and of eating and cooking
1: i just put the link to that that episode we did of taste buds with deb in the comments and if you go to the recap so the slash blog that will definitely be in there with the rest of the links Uh, And I I was, as you were talking, I went and grabbed the link because I'm like, yes, we were talking because that's what it is. It's one thing in different cultures, we call it different things, but it is such a strong commonality. The other thing I believe you said, you said tea today, but the last time we talked, you said cheesecake. The world's problems can all be solved. We all just sit down with... Nice I am cheesecake. a big
0: believer in that. I believe that everybody sat, if everybody sat down with a good cup of coffee, a great cup of tea, even a milkshake, and a good piece of cheesecake. And I don't care if you want to put strawberries on it. I don't care if you want to put raspberries. I don't care if you want to put blueberries. The important thing is you have a piece of cheesecake and something good that you love to drink. All the world's problems could be solved instantly. Love it. Now this next question, I usually
1: reserve for, for my food podcast, but given that this is a food podcast, I have to ask you all to share a recipe. So what is a fun, easy recipe um, that that people can take? We'll call it the bonus goal. And then we'll do actually actual goal goals, goals. Um, Stacia, do you have a recipe to share?
2: Um, I do. One of my favorite recipes that I make, a lot now because my kids love it. I love it. And it's so easy. And we were talking about that slow cooker, that crock pot is, um, I make a jalapeno chicken. And the thing I love about it is you don't have to measure anything. You know, it all goes in the, in the pot, you know, it's like your chicken, you add some diced jalapenos, a little soy sauce, a couple of tomatoes. Um, and you, you know, add also, also like a little bit of garlic in there. Cause I put garlic on everything, <laughs> and you know you can put it over pasta, you can put it over rice. Um, you can have it with potatoes. It is just the greatest meal. and you know if you like it a little spicier, you can add a little bit more spice to it. but it's something that you know if you like chicken, you're gonna love it.
1: Excellent. What about you, Norma? Do you've got do you
0: have a nice, easy recipe to share? Well, I'll tell you what I've been, I, you know I'm big on hacks. I'm a real big on this whole hack thing. And I love the, that you can buy so many good products now that you don't have to never, ever make yourself because it takes forever. And one of those things is puff pastry. And like I said, I love spinach pie. And when I have a whole day to cook, I will do the whole, you know, thing with the feel and the individual with the smearing of the butter and the whole ritual. That goes into the spinach pie, but when I don't have a lot of time, I have discovered puff pastry. And what I do with the puff pastry is I make my filling, which is super easy. You just put in some spinach, eggs, ricotta, mozzarella cheese, and feta, and salt and pepper, and Greek seasoning. Mush it up, and then cut your you know cut your uh, puff pastry into squares. Put a little butter around the edges put a dab of your spinach mixture inside, close them up, put a little butter on top and bake it. And it's like eating spinach pie, but with puff pastry. And it is the easiest thing to make. It's like nothing really. And uh, it takes a quarter of the time. So I do stuff like that a lot now. I look for easy hacks to make the things I like, but just make them easier.
1: Love that. Yeah, it's
0: really good. <laughs> well, And uh, the,
1: the other question is please send me the recipe so I can put it in the recaps. Mm-hmm. Mine is going to be similar to a Stasi,
3: but it's going to be uh, three chicken breasts and it's going to be one 16 ounce of garlic salsa. Mm. We're going to put those two ingredients into a crock pot. Mm. And you're going to cook that up, right? But the chicken breast, preferably if it's bone-in, you don't have to, but I'm going somewhere with this. So I said three because you're going to have three different meals. So the first meal, you got this chicken going, serve it over mashed potatoes. Second, and I know you mentioned this, the second one, you're going to put it over pasta because there's enough juice in there that you're going to be able to have a nice little sauce. And then your third meal... You're going to add some bell peppers, which you can buy pre-cut, and you're going to have fajitas. Ooh, yeah. Sounds delicious. Same one. But see, I mean, it's the one. And for our non-cookers, this is the best way to go about it, right? It's one, but because you're adding something different every time, it's a whole different meal. Yeah.
1: I love that. I I have to chime in. One of my favorite things... With the instant pot, not the instant pot, the air fryer, is to take tortillas and then whatever you have of a leftover, wrap it in the tortilla,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yum, in it like a burrito. At three ninety for four minutes on one side, two minutes on the other. Just spray a little olive oil before you put it on, and you can. It's you're talking about your garlic chicken, and I'm envisioning it. In the tortilla for the leftovers. Mm. So I think I just gave you a fourth thing. But you could do it with any kind of leftovers. And it's it's like your own hot pocket, but actually healthy because you made it.
2: Absolutely. Mm. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Everything's better in a tortilla.
3: (laughs) Amen. It's true. I agree. (laughs) And I make uh, tortillas from scratch.
1: Ooh. Mm. It's a lot easier than you think,
3: ladies. It's a
1: lot easier than you. Well, thinking. I would like that recipe too, please and thank you. <laughs> uh, how do you get it flat, though? That's always the biggest issue I've had with tortillas. Rolling pin, rolling pin, and actually, you could do a rolling
3: pin, but you can also treat it like a pizza, right? Because the dough is so soft that even if you have a, a bottle of, I'm going to say it, wine bottle, you can use the wine bottle if you don't have a rolling pin to make it. Now, mm-hmm. I gotta admit, they're not round. But they are thin, right? They're they're definitely not round. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna send you pictures because they're not. I don't care because they're so delicious and they're so thin and they're so soft and they're just so yummy.
1: Mm, okay, I, I'm because I've got a non recipe, a recipe for non. That sounds, you know what I mean. Yes. But but non bread, in, the non bread. But I'll make them in the air fryer, so I will roll them out. And do three minutes aside, side and mm. yummy. So <gasps> I'm going to try that with your tortilla recipe. Yeah. Please. And thank it's, you. It's
3: only, they're so soft. I mean, that could be a meal for me. I got to tell you, you know, cause I, is that flower thing it's just yeah
1: yeah except those get too crunchy for me so i don't think they could be wrapped but they make a great pizza base so anyway i digress i love this conversation so much i would love before we wrap before we wrap <laughs> for you all to gift a goal and it could be a food goal it could be a business goal it's anything goals uh sorry i'm never funny when i'm trying Um, But something anyone listening or watching can do to reignite or ignite a love of food cooking or to use cooking to benefit their business. So, Stacia, what goal would you like to gift?
2: Yes. Uh, My goal, I would say to choose one ingredient that you like instead of trying to make this and that and learn how to make so much stuff. Just choose one ingredient that you like and experiment with that one thing. So if you, you know, say you like peanut butter, you know, you can find so many different recipes that you can make with peanut butter. Or if you like chicken, you know, start with a simple chicken recipe, but start with one thing and then branch out. Just, you know, see how you can add something new, something different, add a little pizzazz and really pay attention to what flavors really go well together It will open up a whole new world for you.
1: And you could put peanut butter and chicken together.
2: Yes, you can. Yum. Yes, you absolutely can. (laughs) (sighs) And don't think that, you know, just because things don't sound like they would go good together, try it out. You would be surprised. Absolutely.
3: Jella, what is your goal? My goal for you, everybody out there watching, listening, is to make a list of the benefits and transformation your clients experience. This goes back to anything they say to you. What did they experience working with you? Because I got to tell you, when you see this list, and it's going to go back to what I do best, when you see this list of transformation that people say, you're like, I'm just not charging enough. It's time for me to increase my fees, and mm-hmm. this list is going to help you get there.
1: I love that. So you're doing a self a self inventory or a benefits inventory that's actually going to benefit you.
3: Exactly. Awesome. Right? And because we forget. We forget what our clients tell us. So go back and start taking, this is an ongoing list. One of my clients, their list was 55 and the other one over a hundred. So we capped it at a hundred, right? Right. But yeah, make a list because that's going to tell you. And what's really great is going to bring back what, what were the clients, right? What was that experience? What was that joy that you had working with that person?
1: And it's going to remind you of the wonderful recipe that you do, which is your business
0: and share with the world. Right. Norma, <laughs> you're trying I have to just say, I'm going to do a more personal thing. I, I, I just look forward whenever I cook with my grand, my grandsons. I love cooking with my grandsons. We cook all kinds of things together and um, we love to cook. And they're becoming really good cooks now, which is making me happy. But I just, you know, my goal is to, I think cooking with your grandchildren is a great thing to do for a grandmother. I think that those are the kinds of things you, your grandchildren will remember always. Every time they walk in a kitchen, every time they taste a meal that you made together, uh, they will remember you and it will bring back fond memories and being with you and, I guess it's selfish. It's a way to stay alive within your, you know, with the people you love. But I, yeah, so my goal would be cook more with my grandsons. I love cooking with them and I just want to do more.
1: Okay. Right. And to make it general for for anyone is the goal is to cook with loved ones or friends. So Always, enjoy yeah, that experience. Is love.
0: You're When you cook, you share Love. You're sharing love, whether it's whether it's your husband, whether it's your children, whether it's your grandchildren, or friends—just mm-hmm. friends. Having friends over, cooking together is sharing love, and we never can have too much. We can never have too much love.
1: I feel like you jumped ahead to the final thought, but that's fine.
0: What, what do you <laughs> want? What, 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 what did I jump on? What did I? No, you. I, I was going to ask for a final thought. Um, and
1: that's perfect. But before we wrap, uh, where can people learn more about you? So Norma, where can people find you, learn more about you, et cetera?
0: Well, I have a website, normazager.com because I'm a, I do a blog and, um, uh, the blogs are fun. Most of them are funny They're about a lot of it about cook food, obviously cooking, getting older. Um, yeah dealing with getting older <laughs> and um, so that I, they can ca- catch me on that and they can catch me on baking it this summer on NBC. Awesome. Angela, where can people learn more about you? I uh, definitely my website and I
3: hang out a lot on LinkedIn.
1: I will include the LinkedIn links in the recap. And if you connect with one or all of us, just Uh, send a note that says, this is where we met. So perfect. And Stacia, where can people find you, learn more about you? You
2: can find me at be seen, get booked session.com. You can go there, learn more about me and the work that I do in the world and getting my clients visibility. So when you're ready to share your message, just reach out.
1: Fantastic. And I believe that, well, so I'm trying to remember how the panel came together. I know that Chella was at one of my meet and greets for potential guests, and we were talking about our love of cooking and baking. And I think the next day, you did one of your workshops, and I was talking about my podcast, mm-hmm. My my Taste Buds with Deb, and you were talking about how much you love fu- fu- food food. <laughs> and then I had met Norma from previously interviewing her, so I really love how this panel came together. Um, because one thing, food is love, but there's definitely a love of food throughout this conversation. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining. What is, now I will ask, what is your final thought? Norma, you want to go with what you just said, or did you have something else to add?
0: Um, yeah, I would just say life is short, eat dessert first. (laughs) (laughs) That works. And what
1: about you, Stacia?
2: I would say when you're enjoying a great meal, don't just focus on the food, but really remember how you felt, because that's what it's all about. It's about that emotion. Remember that feeling. That's where it is.
1: The feeling when you're enjoying a good meal. Yeah.
2: When you're enjoying a good meal, you know, it's not all about the flavor, but it's really about the emotion that you're feeling. I mean, so many times I can eat certain things and a particular flavor will just Take me back to a particular thing, whether it's you know an evening where I was enjoying a meal with my grandmother, or it might take me back to a first date with someone special, or maybe you know some experience that I had with my kids. There's so much emotion and just life that's tied up in all of those flavors.
1: Oh, so so true, Angela. What final final thought do you have?
3: Final final, I could not have phrased it better, but. Take the moment, along the same as Astesia is take a moment to pause, right? Whether it's in the cooking, it's in the eating, just take it in, all in, so that when you are having one of those cranky, low days, you can always go back to that memory and embody that because you took the time to pause, enjoy, and you can always come back to it.
1: So you're actually creating a food memory wherever you go. It doesn't, <clears throat> you can have, we, we talk a lot about the food memories you take a bite and where does it take you back to? But sometimes it just takes you back to you. And sometimes that's all you need to keep going and jigger your brain and move forward and make the rest of your day even better. Yeah. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much to Sia Crawford, Chella Diaz, and Norma Zager for joining me. Those who are tuning in, whether you're listening or watching, we appreciate you being here and enjoying this love of food with us. Uh, I'm Deborah Eckerling. You can follow me at the Deb Method everywhere or go to slash blog for the recaps and again subscribe to the Deb Show podcast and or taste buds with Deb. Thanks again for sharing this love of food, cooking, and eating. And those tuning in, you know you want to experiment with food. It's okay. Go on out there. Go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow at The Dev Method on social media. And check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals. And remember, you can do it.
0: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit MarketingPodcasts.net.